Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away What's up guys, Ain't welcome no back to Kane's Cast with your host, Seabass, and right in front of me, like always, your co-host, Randy G. What's up, Kane's fans? Welcome back to another episode of Kane's Cast. This is your co-host, Randy G. Do not forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Kane's Cast, and on Twitter at Kane's Cast 305 for all you Miami Hurricanes insight. What's up, Seabass? Jenna, bro, here, um... I want to introduce our guest for today. Our guest is Brent Sibley from uh, Sibley and Doman. What's up, Brent? What's up, gentlemen? How's it going today? Good, man. Good, man. Just um, going to talk some poker, man. I went to to play some poker, I think, like last week or two weeks ago in Hialeah Park. You ever been there? Oh, that's my jam. I know all the dealers over there. Actually, it's a funny story. That's uh, kind of how I started my law firm. When I was in law school, I was playing a lot of poker kind of make a little bit of extra money. And uh, when I started my firm, that's uh, all my cases came from the dealers referring me business from Parkhouse cases. So I know the manager there. I know everybody over there and they built a beautiful room. So it's awesome. Yeah, I went there. Uh, we're playing. The only thing it's uh, you can't really smoke in there. Yeah, it's all in. The, well, now I don't even know. I've only been in a casino once since COVID and it was kind of sadly annoying and lame. But, you know, um can't really hear each other, but yeah, um, smoke. I mean, the smoking, they eliminated that from most poker rooms a while back. It's just, it's just overwhelming to allow people to smoke. You know? Yeah. What do you, what do you play, Texas uh, or Omaha? I'm really a Hold'em guy, but in my club that we play in, we started playing PLO lately, just a, a much more fun game. And and so I play both. I, I like to play both. Help, help me out. What, what's PLO? PLO is Pot Limit Omaha. So it's just, it's, uh, Omaha High, four car. Um, it's it's probably what you were thinking of. Okay, yeah, because I play when I go to the Hylia Park. Uh, I like to play uh, mix, so it's like uh, you get like one one table round of uh, Hold'em, and then you switch to Omaha. Yeah, we play that as well. We play that's exactly what we play. We call it uh, we call it ROE round of each. So not nine hands of Hold'em and then nine hands of PLO. Shit's pretty fun, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, oh, I was great. very I was very nervous getting into the Omaha because how they did it, they did it. Uh, they didn't have enough players, and some players wanted to play Omaha. Uh, they wanted to play, yeah, Omaha. And I was like, nah, man, I don't know how to play. He's like, same thing. It's just you have four cards in your hand. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Because I was playing, I think it was one, one, two, one, two limit or two, four limit, I want to say it was. So the the hands grow a lot. They, they, they get into like the $34 uh, pot size. But um, but it was like a good practice run for me. And shit, I won a couple. <laughs> I want to go. I always win. You feel me? When I when I go, I I've I've always I've always come out with winnings, and that's that's taking out the cost of like the beers and the liquor I drink and the tips and stuff like that. I always come out with maybe like forty, sixty bucks in my hand. I play very conservative. Yeah, that's good. I mean, um. Yeah, the, basically, uh, Omaha is um, – so we play pot limit. Uh, I don't know if you were playing limit or or not, but uh, we play pot limit. And um, the only difference between Omaha and Hold'em is obviously you get more cards, but you have to use two cards in Omaha. So that's a big difference. So you get more cards. There's a lot more possibilities, but you have – the balancing of that is that you have to use two. So 
just because you have the ace of spades in your hands, you can't make you cannot make a flush if you only have one one spade in your hand. You have to hold two, which is that's a big difference. That's the biggest strategic difference between Homa, Omaha and Hold'em. Yeah, it's it's a little different. Randy, you play Hold'em or you play uh, Omaha? No, Hold'em, Hold'em. I mean, I'm I'm not a I'm not as uh, as experienced a poker player as you guys are, but um, I do have a concept of it, and 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 I played before. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, when I do play, is is Texas Hold'em? But do you, do you understand that like the Omaha rules though? So Omaha, it's you same. You still get the same flat, the turn in the river. But instead of having, for example, in Hold'em, you have two. In in uh, Omaha, you have four cards in your hand, but you can only use two of them that oh, are in okay. your hand. Okay, so no, the, I didn't know. I, yeah, I guess the chance. It's the same thing. The only thing is the chances are a little bit high, higher for like bigger things you know like uh a two pair is not gonna hold up in in omaha right right it's huge yeah two pair and hold them like you have especially if you have a solid two pair you're good but in omaha i mean straight flushes are so freaking common and quads yeah it's crazy i i thought i thought uh it was it also has something to do with with the with the betting does it have anything to do with the amount of money you're allowed to put in like the you know what I mean the the pot is it is it a bigger pot for Omaha or is it the same kind of so the same pots? So it's technically it's technically less because it's called pot limit. So in no limit you could just go all in at any time no matter what. Right. But in pot limit it's whatever however much chips is in the pot that's the max you can bet. But so it's technically less. But because because of that it creates a dynamic in in pot limit where people are always betting the full pot because they feel like they have to bet the max. Uh, and it winds up PLO, Pot Limit Omaha really gets crazy. So uh, like if you're playing like a 1-2 Texas Hold'em game or if you're playing like a 2-5 Texas No Limit Texas Hold'em game, a 1-2 PLO game will, will could, could, be, could play like a, more action and more swings and more money in a 1-2 PLO game than in a 2-5 No Limit game. A lot of times, just because pot limit just gets so crazy, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a lot of fun, and then you gotta understand it. You last, I guess, you last longer in the casino because eh, with the there's always that limit of how much you could bet. And stuff like no limit, people are just going crazy. People, you know, there's a lot of people with stupid money. That's what I call it. They just throw money onto the table fishing for something. They don't have nothing in their hand. They're just fishing, just throwing money, hundreds of dollars on the table. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, that's what you want, though. You want crazy people who are willing to put their chips in if you have pocket aces and a guy puts all his chips in with 10 jack. You know, you know – I mean, I'm a, math, I'm a math guy, so I know, like, chances roughly there are, like, 70, you know, 70% that you're going to win, so – that's a good bet. I'll take that bet every day, you know? <laughs> yeah. You, have you ever played in the Hard Rock? Yeah, that was actually where I went. I went to the Hard Rock a couple of weeks ago, just check it out and see how the COVID uh, situation was. And, um, you know, they got they got the table set up seven-handed max instead of nine, so there's more room. But everyone's got to wear a mask, obviously, and they got the huge plastic things. So um, it's just hard to talk. It, you can't really it's, – it's really difficult to communicate with the other players, and that's kind of like – kind of the whole fun of playing it live is like talking, you know, talking smack with each other and trying to trying to get a feel for what the other players have and confuse them about what you have. So, but it was good. I'm happy. I'm happy that I went. Yeah. You won any money? I actually lost a little bit that day. 
Sometimes you lose, sometimes you win. Yep, 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 for sure. It was good. It was good action though. It was it was, it was fun. But um but yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing for my whole life. I mean, I started in high school, so that's uh maybe even before high school. So Yeah. Let me ask you a question. You said you had a, a poker club? Yeah, I have a uh I have like a group of guys that we've been playing with for like I don't know, it's like since high school, you know, that we just play home games and um you know, uh, we, play, home. we play on an app too. So, um we can play our home games in COVID. We uh we started playing on an app so we can play play with each other online, which is awesome. It's a lot of fun. But with real money online or or is it just like play money online? No, it's play money. Guys can oh. play each other if they want to play each other, you know, make their own arrangements, you know, offline. But it's not like a, you know, it's a fun. Yeah. Yeah, because I play one online with real money. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. it's. I've been seeing all the apps out there. There's like PP Poker, Poker Bros. Which which app do you guys use? I use Bovada. Oh, that's like a real casino. So that's like a. Yeah. Bovada used to be Bodog back in the back in the day when I was in law school or even earlier. That was uh, that company, and and I guess they're not U.S. based, so they're allowed to operate. Um, you know, they're kind of like in the gray market of whether or not they're legal. Well, I guess they're technically not legal at all. But I don't. <laughs> well, but what I what I meant to say was, it's what's not clear is you as a player. It may actually be legal to play. It's just not legal for them to run the casino in Florida, and because they're not a U.S. company, they don't care because they don't have to follow the rules. You know. Yeah. Just um the withdrawal fee is like twenty five dollars. So you you have to play until you have like a pot of like five hundred and then you cash out. Then it's worth to cash out. Oh, because they charge you a lot when you withdraw. Yeah, it's like twenty five dollars. Yeah, that's kind of brutal. But you know, if you just if you just leave it in there and you play a lot and you play a lot and then you cash out infrequently, it could I'm sure it could be fun. Yeah, so it has like a little <clears throat> it's like your balance. And with that balance you have, you could go ahead and play, like I said, I think they even have like war. You know, they have a whole bunch of casino games. They even have sports betting too. So you, with that same pot, you could use for sports betting. You could use for poker. You could use for. They call it. Don't they call that site Ignition now? Ah, uh, no, it's still Boveda. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, I thought they changed the name to. My buddies always are sending me screenshots. I don't play on any of those like borderline sites. Just whatever. But uh, I always get screenshots from my friends who send me send me stuff. Yeah. They're like, check this hand out. This guy, you know, beat me with a straight flush or something, and it's just funny. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And especially online. Online people, people, people hang in there to the river. And we're only, I mean, I'm only bet big. If you want someone to fold, and and even if you bet big, they might not fold. But you gotta, you gotta protect your hand. You you know, scared money doesn't make money. That's for sure. That's the number one rule in poker. <laughs> I think that's the number one rule in life. Scared money don't make no money. Oh, I posted that the other day on my Instagram because oh, I, yeah? I just started getting into crypto and, um, you know, people are like, oh, it's so high. It's so high. I'm like, you know, it is high, but it's going higher. And if you're scared, you're not going to be in and scared money just doesn't make money. That's the, that's the name of the game. So that's right. I've, I've seen I've seen a lot of uh, people playing with stocks. You play with stocks. Oh, yeah. I love the stock market. And um I love. Uh, I've been just messing around with Bitcoin lately, and just watching that, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like see, poker, but on a different scale. Yeah, Bitcoin is doing good, and I think Tesla is going doing good. Tesla, Tesla. Yeah, I yeah, say Tesla, Tesla. I'm a huge. Well, I, I, I have a Tesla. It's my that's my baby. That's my car. I've been, I've been a Tesla driver for like five years now. So I was pretty early into the Tesla game, and I just love Elon Musk and 
I bought Tesla stock in 2012, so I've been riding riding that wave. That that stock has crushed. Yeah, that guy's a that guy's a fucking genius, man. He's he a, actually just became the richest uh, person in the world. Yeah, he just beat Jeff Bezos. Yeah, so he's worth 190 million. About so uh, good for him. He'll probably be worth a trillion one day because of all the crazy stuff he's doing with Mars. Of, solar of course. I mean, I, I'm halfway there. <laughs> he's a legend, that guy. Yeah, man. So you you're telling us you started your firm in um, Hylia Park. Well, basically, I used to when I was in law school and I had downtime, I would play poker because I just loved it. And uh, I played at Magic City, which is right there, you know, in the middle of uh, I guess it's Hialeah, kind of. Yeah, it's in Hialeah, and then well, not quite in Hialeah. It's like I forget the name of what they call that one. But then, so Magic City's right there. And then I would, and then when Hialeah uh, opened in like, I think it opened in like 2010. It's beautiful, beautiful new room. I started playing over there. They took a lot of the dealers from Magic City and the and the, some of the players that lived in Hialeah started playing over there. So I started going over there, and yeah, I just um, you know, when you're sitting around a table talking talking shop with people and dealers for hours and hours, you know, everyone gets to know you pretty well. So. You know, the dealers would say, oh, someone would be playing poker and they'd be like, oh, I got someone rear-ended me. My back's been hurting me, blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, call this guy. He's our lawyer. He's always here. He's a good dude. So I just kept getting cases like that. And, you know, before you know it, I had represented like half the poker room. It was pretty funny. <laughs> That's freaking great, man. You have any 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 tips for when people get into a car accident? Like, for example, let's say if you get in a fender bender, um, should you call the the police or should you just like exchange uh informations and just keep there's, keep it going there's a very i've made a few videos on this i think on my instagram i can like send you the link or whatever but like there's a very clear formula that you want to follow for sure you want to you always want to call the police and you want to make absolutely sure that the police give the other person the citation for causing the crash because that's going to be the first thing that the insurance companies look at um can't always do it because some cops just will refuse to give the other person a citation depending on it. But if you got rear-ended, they're going to give the other person a citation. And if you feel that you the impact was you know at, at all significant to the point where you may have any kind of injuries, you should absolutely go get checked out. Um, the ER isn't, isn't really necessary. If, you, if it was a really big hit, and you want to be safe, go to the ER, let the ambulance take you to the ER. But if you just feel like you got shooken up, maybe a mild concussion or whatever, go to an urgent care. And then after you do those things, um, you know, make sure you take some pictures of, of stuff. But then the, the next thing is to get to consult, to find a good lawyer. You know, I always tell people it's not about it's not about everybody hiring me or, or hiring whoever, but do research and make sure you hire a good lawyer. Don't just hire you know, a lawyer that someone say, Oh, my cousin or this guy, or I see all these ads for this firm or that firm do research and make sure you find a good lawyer because the lawyer is really everything in these, in these, uh, in these situations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not right. You made a, I don't know if we were on the air yet before we started, you made a really good comment that especially in Miami after K after car crashes, people either think, they're going to get a ridiculous amount of money for their, for getting into a crash or the exact opposite. They think that it's a scam and they're going to get nothing, which both I, I, first of all, I could understand why people think that. And I, I feel bad for them because I could totally see why they think that, but nothing could be further from the truth, you know? Yeah, of course, you know, 
you know me. I've been, I've been, what do you call it? I've been on both sides of the, uh, I guess, what do you call it? The totem pole. Yeah. I've been, I've been screwed with somebody. I got hit and I got into a car accident, a major car accident with somebody with no insurance. And then I got into another car accident with a guy had a decent amount of insurance. Is, is this safe to talk about that or? Yeah, you can talk about your case for sure. Cause, yeah. cause the case is closed, right? Your case is closed. Yeah. So anybody that doesn't know, now they probably figured it out that I represented you in a case. So um, yeah, your case is closed. Uh, I always just, I'm pretty sure in your case, we didn't sign any confidentiality clauses, but we like to just be, I always like to, whenever we speak about cases, we just, we just don't really put in the details. So like, instead of saying exactly how much insurance, we just say there was good insurance. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So the insurance and, and, um, so yeah, so I, I've known what it, I know how it feels like to be, to be hit with somebody yeah. with no insurance. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's no lawyer in the world that can change that. And I have people that get mad at me, and I'm like, well, I'm sorry, you didn't buy any insurance, or you didn't buy the right insurance on your car, and the person who hit you also didn't buy good insurance. And in those situations, there's not much hey, you can do. <laughs> hey, Brent, hey, Brent, let me ask you a question. Sorry to jump yeah. in. Um, so, so in this case, just I'm just asking because uh, I know somebody who, who got hit, and they went through the same thing where the other person didn't have any insurance. So in this case... Uh, your responsibility is is to have uninsured motorists on on your insurance. Just so so if something happens like that, and and the other person doesn't have insurance, you're you're taken care of. Is is that what you're supposed to do in that in this case? Absolutely. Well, yes. It's not that it's your responsibility, but it's that if you want to be able to, if you want to protect yourself and your family in the case where someone could crash into you and they wouldn't have enough insurance, then, um, then underinsured motorist coverage is, is the, is exactly what you need. So, and it's, it's kind of sad because almost nobody that's driving company vehicles are different, but regular people that are driving almost never have enough insurance to cover injuries that they cause other people. So buying the underinsured, it's called UM, coverage underinsured or UIM coverage for underinsured motorist coverage. And basically what it does is however much insurance the person who crashes into you has, whether it be zero, 10,000, 50,000, a hundred, you get to add whatever you bought on top of that. So you could buy 50,000 of insurance of UM insurance. And then if the person who hits you only has 10,000, which is very common, You'll you'll be able instead of only being able to go for ten thousand, you'll be able to go up for sixty. They're ten plus your fifty. So um, buying that, you know, especially if you have a family, is uh, is important because you know otherwise, you know, your SOL. If someone crashes into you that's driving the ninety two Civic, you know, and it's all their fault, and you didn't buy UM coverage, there's a very there's a very good chance that you're going to get either zero or you're going to get like a thousand bucks. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how bad. The accident was doesn't matter how bad you know how drunk the person was doesn't matter how bad the injuries are if the insurance isn't there there's just no case. Nice, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, man. You're right. So it's uh, that's the way Florida works. Some and in Florida, actually, it's kind of it's kind of messed up. People who are driving in Florida with regular vehicles, you know, civilians, not company vehicles. There's no requirement at all for them to purchase insurance to protect them for the injuries that they cause other people. So yeah. I have to explain this weekly to clients 
what do you mean I can't make a case? I'm like, well, the person you know has an old car, they have no money, and they only bought the minimum amount of insurance, which doesn't cover injuries that if they cause injuries to other people. So, and you didn't buy any UM coverage on your policy, so you have no case. Yeah. And then of course I have to say you probably should consult with another attorney because I know you probably don't believe me, but because it's really crappy news. But and then they call and then you know they do research online and they and they realize that yeah they're screwed. Yeah, let me ask another question, man. My my wife was a, a claims adjuster for for an insurance company uh, as well, uh, dealing with with car accidents. Is is Florida a, a uh, is Florida still a, um, a no fault like no fault uh, state? Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, there's I think five states left in the in the country that are that are no fault states, and we are still one of them. There's been some talk over the years to get rid of it, but I don't think it's really ever picked up too much too much steam. And what that means is you probably remember all these ads. They haven't been running them lately, but for for it seemed like five or six years they were on the radio and maybe they were the 411 pain ads. I don't remember, but you're entitled to $10,000 of benefits. You remember those? Like if you've been in the crash, no matter what happened, you're entitled to $10,000 of benefits. And yeah, I think that's the 401 pain. And it's it's sad i mean it's true of course it's not it's technically true what they say but it's very very misleading because what most people think when they hear that is they think oh everybody who gets into a crash is just automatically entitled to $10,000 cash like they hear benefits and they think 10,000 cash in my pocket and of course that's just not true because if that was true everyone would just get a fender bender and get 10 grand i mean that's ridiculous you People who are educated even a little bit and, and in reality know that that can't possibly be true. But what does it actually mean? How could they be allowed to say that if it's not true? The way that works is that you your policy covers your medical bills and your lost wages after a crash. And it doesn't matter whose fault it is. But that's for your PIP, personal injury protection. So that's what it means when it's a no-fault state. It means who's covering the first $10,000 of medical bills after your crash. And that's, yeah, wow. and that's why it's called a no-fault state. It doesn't mean that you can just drive around crazy and it doesn't matter if you cause crashes, you can't be held liable. Um, it means that the who pays the first amount. So even if you are driving and you get rear-ended by a drunk driver going 100 miles an hour and you've done nothing wrong, if you go to the hospital, you still have to use your Geico, your progressive to pay for the hospital visit, which kind of sucks. A lot of people hate that because they feel like then their insurance is going to go up. But as long as they don't, as long as you don't bring several claims in a, in a small period of time, you know, you use your insurance and it doesn't, it, it doesn't affect you. Okay. So, so, so I know you mentioned it earlier. I don't, I don't know if maybe I'm asking the same question again. Uh, thank God I've never been involved. Um, let me knock on wood. I've never been involved in an accident myself. Um, you know, I consider myself a good driver because I'm always looking out for what other people are doing. Um, but my question is, so if you, if you do get involved in an accident, like for example, if I get in an accident, so, so what is the first thing I should do? Um, I mean, this has never happened to me. I was involved in an, in an accident with a friend. Uh, he was driving and I was the passenger and I, I know he got hit. Um, you know, he had to pay a ticket and every, and it wasn't even his fault. So, you know, it wasn't even his fault and he, he even got a ticket for that. So, I don't know. It, it, this was a long time ago. I was still in high school, so I, I didn't know much. But w what should be the first thing that I do then if, if I get in an accident? Yeah, if you get, I mean, yeah, we kind of talked about it briefly, but it's it's simple. You want to obviously make sure that you're safe. Pull the car, you know, pull the car to a place that's safe. If 
the first thing you need to do after you're safe is if it if it's a situation where the what happened is going to be like a dispute, right? So when you get rear-ended, it's pretty obvious what happened. You know what I'm saying? It's not a big deal. Like you're not going to have to have a whole evidence analysis of how this crash happened and try and prove that you're at fault. Who's at fault? But if it's going to be like a situation where it's not really clear, you, sh you sh I would always say immediately take some pictures and some videos, maybe showing where the cars were right while it's fresh in your mind, you know, Hey, always remember to throw, throw your phone into airplane mode before you film anything, because otherwise people can call you or something happens with your phone and, and it ruins the whole filming. So throw your phone into airplane mode, film a video, say I was here. This guy came out of nowhere. He ran the stop sign. There's his car right there. It's still just smoking. I'm taking this video because I want to make sure we're protected and this guy doesn't try and accuse us, accuse of us of this. So if it's a situation where what happened might be in dispute, immediately collect some evidence. It'll be on your phone. It's saved. Then, you know, call the police, get them to come, show them the video. If you still have it, obviously there, you could prove to them whose fault it was. Try and make sure that the police give the other person the citation for causing the crash. So failure to yield right away, you know, failure to stop at a stop sign, failure, failure to obey a traffic signal. That's huge because once the police make the determination that the other person caused the crash, that will make the whole process dealing with the insurance companies and your lawyer will be very happy that you did that. Uh, and then depending on the severity of how much the impact was or how, how, what kind of pain you might be feeling, you either go to the emergency room or you go to an urgent care and then you research and you get a good lawyer. So those are the steps, about five steps. Um, take the, you know, on scene, a little bit of effort. And then in the next day or two, you know, get your medical treatment figured out and get a lawyer to consult with you. And we're, we're sorry for bombarding you with questions, but I feel like it's a lot of uh, useful information that, uh, that you put out, especially on your Instagram. And, um, and I feel like a lot of people need to hear this because, you know, we live in Florida, probably the number one accident state, especially, well, not the state, at least the, 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 the Tri-County, West Palm, Broward, and Miami-Dade. They're always, people always get into car accidents. And, you know, they hear these uh, news, uh, sorry, they hear these radio stations playing these advertisements. And I'm not going to give them any airtime here, but uh, they're instantly, I was one of them. I was a victim. I'll instantly call, hey, look, this guy, he's a big name. He's got, he has radio stations on Power 96. He's got to be a good lawyer. Call him up. And uh, it turned out to be the opposite. You get me? So it's definitely about researching who's uh, the best lawyer for you. And, um, and and like you said, collecting your case, collecting your evidence for your case and being completely honest with your lawyer or your, yeah, your attorney. It, yeah, the, the, the honesty is huge, but it's just a shame that so many people fall for the biggest name in town. I mean, we do get a lot of people who know they know like you learned your lesson you'll never make that mistake again and you'll probably, never you'll apply that to other areas of your life too like you'll never go for the biggest game in town because they're the biggest like you'll probably be very skeptical so but a lot of people you know fall for that and um you know fool me once shame on me fool me twice shame on you so you learn your lesson and you're and you're now now you're better off for it. and your second crash you knew better you went through for us, I remember you went through a referral. Uh, my one of my uh, employees, who I've known a long time, was mutual friends with someone else that was in the car with you. So 
you, uh, you know, you did that. We had our consultation and I remember you were like, man, you're explaining stuff so much better now to me than these other law firms that I went to. Like you knew immediately that you were going to be in good hands, you know? Yeah, of course. And to be honest with you, man, and I'm telling you, Seabass, the host of Kane's cast, I've been in like three major accents in my life and I've dealt with lawyers. I know how the system works and you would probably I think you were the first lawyer lawyer I actually sat down with and talked to. Usually I go through a, a thing up and it's called like a paralegal, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. A paralegal, she collects all the information. She sends it to the lawyer. The lawyer would call me whenever they want. But uh, the connection, I guess, you have with your clients, it's like a it's like a family connect, uh, connection. You know, we'd FaceTime. You would call. We'd text. Anytime of the night. I remember one time I, I texted you or called you, and I had a question about, um, which is a very popular question, which I'm, I hope I'm going to ask you to after, after, after this. And I texted you. I'm like, hey, look, man, how much therapy is enough therapy you know because i don't want this to be eaten into my own pockets and you text me like oh yeah um my bad i haven't been able to call you within the last week um i think i have covid you're telling me you're very sick and i'm like oh how are you still working to, to when you when you think you have covid like you you're not you you, you don't you don't play with your clients your clients for i felt like i was family that's my brother you get me and uh and me and the other person that was involved in the car accident, we talk about all the time because when we drive to work, people, you know, people mind me how mind me people drive. They cut you off. And I mean, these people better stop playing, man. I got I got burned on speed dial. Yeah, man. I mean, I just um, that's why I love coming on here and I love connecting with people. And um, it's, um, you know, I think there's kind of something going on with a lot of the way the world works now is the younger generation, the more connected generation, kind of the old, the old guard is on its way out and uh, people are demanding, you know, faster response times, more connected uh, staff and not having to go through layers and layers of people and having the ability to talk to the owners of the businesses, you know? Yeah. Which is better, which is, you feel more, I guess, safe when you're talking to the owner of the business or when you're talking straight to the lawyer, like I never, um, I never spoke to your paralegal. I think you I saw your paralegal the first time for like 10 minutes. She gave us the paperwork and then you showed up and then I didn't speak to her again until I picked up my check. Yeah. You had, a, you had a, you had a more of a unique experience. Now, of course we have, we have a lot of people at the firm helping me and doing all the paperwork. And a lot of the clients do speak to do, do speak to the paralegals quite a bit, but they, they still have access to me. Um, it's just sometimes when the, when the, um, when the referrals come in through, like, you know how you came in through a direct referral through like family or friends. Okay. That's when, you know, I try and do more of the communication myself, um, as opposed to when the people come in off the internet, not that those people don't deserve it. It's just, you know, it's, uh, there's just had so much. There's a tighter bond. There's a tighter bond. Okay. I feel a higher obligation when someone comes in from like a direct existing family or friend relationship. And I want to, I really try and go the extra mile for those people, you know? And you did for us, man. And, uh, you, well, at least you did for me and I appreciate it. And my family appreciates it. You did a hell of a good job, man. <laughs> I know you were very, very appreciative. And, uh, Another thing too is, you know, we have clients you can imagine in this business that are not very appreciative and those people, 
I tend to speak to them less. Let's just say that. Of course, man. And, and, and here's the thing, man. People got to understand, man. Sometimes, bro, I've been there, guys. Like, I got T-boned, rolled over, broke my neck, and the guy had no insurance. I had, <laughs> I had no money in my pocket. I had nobody to sue. Yeah. So you just, it, it's, that's it's, how life works, though. You gotta. It's you gotta tough. It's, yeah, it's tough. It, it's it's how life works, and it's how the cookie crumbles, man. You know, you, it's funny. I, made it, I remember now that you now that you talked about it like that. I mean, I remember that, of course, because it was a big part of your case. But I I was thinking about I made a video on Instagram about, about like how case. your about 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 your case, but I put it in a really unique uh, perspective because um. It's all about like the mindset that you have in life. And if you are like a salty person who like, for example, what and I remember the video that I made, I'm going to have to find it. It's probably like a couple months back now, but like a lot of people would have been like, you know, I got my neck broken, my car rolled over and I got zero money and I got stuck with all these bills. The system is broken. Screw everybody. I'll, I'll never do try and do a personal injury case again. Right. That's a lot of people will have that mindset, but you were like, no. I know what happened. I just got really unlucky. The person, I broke my neck. I got rolled over. I didn't have any UM coverage on my car and the other person had no insurance, but that's just bad luck. You know, in the future, if something happens, uh, what I did learn from this whole situation was I'm going to get a good lawyer who can actually explain stuff to me. And then maybe if, you know, hopefully not, but if in the future, at least you keep an open mind and you had the right mindset, someone did crash into you and they did have insurance and you were in a positive mindset and we were able to get a really good financial result for you um, because you got a good lawyer. And in the next time, you didn't get that unlucky. You got a little bit luckier and the person had good insurance and you were able to get compensated for your injuries. So, you know, I remember making that video and, and mindset is mindset is so, so, so important for just being successful and being happy in life. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's period mindset. I mean, mindset, is, it's, it's everything. I look at 2020, you know. If you look yeah, at it, if, exactly. if you took if you took twenty twenty in a very bad mindset, then that's how twenty twenty would would be. But if you took twenty twenty as a positive mindset, then you you took all the opportunities that twenty twenty gave you. Start a new business, uh, focus on yourself more, focus on local businesses, family. Um, yeah, there's so family. many to do. You know. Yeah, man. But yeah, Brent, thanks for, man, thanks for jumping on with us, man. We really appreciate it. Uh, I hope anybody out there, um, if you get into a car accident, man, hit up Brent. Um, Brent, you want to- By the way, I want to have, I want you guys to, uh, whenever you're ready, both my partner, I mean, I know you. this is a Hurricanes podcast, and I grew up a big Hurricanes fan, but as I got more and more into business and, and family and life, I just- I, I play golf, so the only thing I really care about is is golf, and I watch Tiger nice. Woods. Nice, man. That's, that's nice. But, but um, my partner and my like right hand man at the firm, the guy who runs all the new case department, Patrice, who who you met, who was the he was the one who who found you for us. They're exactly. Both, they're both huge Canes fans, so they could talk for hours about recruiting classes, players. So whenever you want those guys to hop on. Uh, they would love to hop on and talk and talk. About Let's do it. I'll send you a text message. Um, do, just in case, if anybody's listening out there, do you wanna do you wanna put out your you wanna say your phone number and stuff like that so like they can find you? Yeah, I mean, right now the best way to find me is Instagram. I mean, my Instagram has links to all my YouTube, my website. Uh, Instagram is just at brentsibley.com. B r e n t s i b l e y. 
just my full name, apprehensively. Uh, that's where I post everything. I'm, I'm in the stories every day. Uh, D, I look at the DMs myself um, and I answer them. And there's even a button. If you want to text me on my direct cell phone, you can just use the uh, button right there on Instagram. It comes right to my cell phone. And um, if anybody needs anything, you know, just uh, text me and mention that, you know, you heard me on the podcast and uh, I'll treat you like family, whatever you need. Even if I can't help you in a case, whatever you need, whatever, whatever people need, I'd love to help out. I'm born and raised down here. So it's my, this is my turf. Appreciate that, Brent. I'm gonna make sure I tag you in uh, in the post we release when we release this episode. Awesome, guys. Whatever you need, uh, ever, don't hesitate to reach out. Okay. I uh, appreciate it, Brent. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for coming on. It was, it was it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Ebas. Stay safe. Go Canes, man. Go Canes. Sunshine when she's gone. Only darkness every day.